You're listening to Together, an entrepreneur podcast. This is the podcast to listen to when you want to hear entrepreneurs be real, raw, and laugh as they share some of the stories, secrets, and truths that we all face in the incredible journey that is entrepreneurship. Join your host, wife, mom, and serial entrepreneur, Devin McCabe, the founder of Together, an entrepreneur community, as she interviews entrepreneurs from around the globe. These are real interviews from men and women in all industries and stages in their businesses, from just starting out to seasoned professionals. You're not alone in this journey, and others were right where you are right now, hopefully inspiring you to follow your dreams and crush your goals. And now it's time to hear from our guest and your host, Devin McCabe. Welcome listeners. I am here with one of my best friends who I've known since, what, 2005, maybe? We're not going to talk about specific years. Um, (laughs) She was my maid of honor. She did my wedding cake, and she's an amazing cake decorator and sculptor and whatever, like everything. (laughs) But I'm here with Liz Merrick and she is the owner of the Sugar Geek Show. And yeah, so we're going to talk to her for this podcast episode, episode two of season two. I'm super excited about that. And she's also speaking at Together. So I'm very, very excited to have her a part of this. And yeah, so Liz, go ahead and just kind of like for our listeners, because I know you speak a lot in the Kate community, but for our listeners who might not know who you are, just kind of give them a little bit of your story and how you got started in cake decorating. Well, thank you so much for even having me on the show, Devin. I'm super excited to be a part of the Together experience. Like I am so already so excited to just have met other entrepreneurs and like-minded boss ladies. And you're just like, oh my God, these are my people. (laughs) They get me, you know? So I'm Liz Merrick, as you said, and I um, started out as a cake decorator years ago. Devin and I actually went to college together to be graphic designers. <laughs> and who knew that was going to be such a vague job description in the future? So right. uh, I also met my husband in graphic design school and we all do vastly different things, but mm-hmm. all still design. Yep. I just happen to design wedding cakes and sculpt the cakes now, but all of that information has been really useful. So I started out as a professional cake decorator, kind of doing the whole like traditional, maybe I'll open a bakery someday and working towards that. And over time, I have discovered that I actually enjoy teaching more than anything. I just really enjoy sharing knowledge. I enjoy discovering new things. So I tell people I'm a little bit of a like a cake decorator mad scientist. <laughs> and I just hide myself in my garage studio and try and figure out new stuff. And then I teach it to people. So that's that's pretty much my job. And I could not do it without my husband, Dan, who manages the whole technical side of our business, the website, emails, just emotional support. Like that's (laughs) huge. (laughs) And then I mostly, I tell people I'm a content creator. So I'm constantly making content and putting it out into the universe and using social media as a platform to get it in front of people. And yeah, so it's kind of, when you say cake decorator, you think, oh, you just make cakes for a living and you eat cake. And the answer is yes, I do that. But also... It's a lot of social media. It's a lot of building a community of people, a strong following and being, you know, like having those, that super loyal group of people that actually is really all the success I have is really because of that community. So, yeah. And I feel too, like 
I mean, with um, Sugar Geek Show, you've like created a, a pretty cool community. Like you've, you kind of were starting that before there was really any of that. <laughs> I mean, as far as like having the, you know, that camaraderie between other cake decorators and bakers and stuff and having a community of sharing that kind of knowledge. Cause I think it's kind of similar with like the design world a little bit where there's a little bit of fear of sharing your knowledge. Like you're afraid that people are just going to steal it. And you're, it's kind of like that weird artist thing where I feel like you almost are like thought like you're trained to think that you're not supposed to share information or that it's bad or that people are going to steal ideas and it's not okay to like teach or help people that stuff. And I think one of the things that you've done really well is kind of taken that as an opportunity to like educate and just be like, that's fine because you can learn and do the same thing when you can do it your own style. Like this is how you, you know, take someone's idea and either do it yourself and you like let people know that that's the originator of that design or that idea and how to do that properly. And I think that's really cool. Thanks. I definitely didn't do it on purpose. (laughs) I wish I had, like, I had a plan from the beginning and this was what I was going to do. And I didn't, I always tell people that I am definitely an accidental entrepreneur. I just really was so excited about whenever I would discover how to do something because this is before like 2008 is before really YouTube tutorials and like Facebook groups and you know, none of this online tutorial stuff really existed back then. So whenever I discovered something, I mean, I was just so excited to just tell anybody like, Oh my God, I figured this out. Is there, is, does anybody think this is great? Like, did anybody see this? I just, you made, what I did. <laughs> it's so ugly. But at the time you're like, Oh my God. Like I miss when you first, like when you're a beginner, you're the most proud of your stuff. Like as a beginner, everything you do is just rainbows and gorgeous. And then as you become more and more experienced, you realize how ugly everything it is, everything you make. Like, I have no talent. I'm a hack. This is terrible. (laughs) It just gets worse. The more and more experience you have, you're like, um, I don't even know why anybody looks at this stuff. It's so ugly. Well, and then you feel like too, there's a little bit of like, this isn't going to impress anybody. Like, what am I doing? Like you, there's almost like a pressure to it now where it's like, Oh, you just make something and assume that it's going to be a hit. It's got to be like the next level of something in order for it to be like good. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody listening to this is going to be like, what's a cake competition. But let me just preface this with part of my job. (laughs) (laughs) Competing against other cake decorators and I have done it enough times now that I know that I will not like my cake and I will know how good it is after I post it and see what people say of it. Because I don't know, you look at you, some things you think are amazing, you post it and it gets eh, kind of a response and other stuff. You're like, well, this is terrible. I guess I'll post it just because, and it just blows up and you're like, oh, this is actually amazing. I feel great about it now. So, but I do enjoy that whole sharing experience. And when I first started doing that, I didn't know enough about what I should and shouldn't do. Like there was nobody telling me what to do at the time. And as I was sharing more and more, I did get a lot of backlash from other cake decorators, especially saying that I shouldn't be sharing. I shouldn't be giving out free information, that it should be paid information. And I was just like, I don't know you guys. (laughs) Like, I don't know you anything. I'm just going to do this because it's fun. And it wasn't until 
actually technology changed so much that it went from me posting like a 20 minute video on YouTube and people would watch that and be like, this is really interesting to 20 minutes of you talking. This is boring. Like, well, you know, get to the funny part that I was like, okay, maybe YouTube is not my platform anymore. And I need to find like a place to put myself. But in the beginning, it was just a lot of like, nobody's putting information out there. I want to do that. This is fun. And then I didn't realize I was accidentally sort of building a community of people who were like, oh my God, this lady is sharing her stuff. That's weird. Like we love her. (laughs) Well, and then one of the things I didn't, because I, well, I I don't know why I like, I know you've done all these things, but for some reason, I'm like, that's just Liz. (laughs) (laughs) She's just doing stuff over there. Yeah. But it's like when you put into perspective, like the things that you've done, like you've published a book, Mm -hmm. you've been on freaking Food Network. You've won a Halloween Wars cupcake or cake competition. Like, don't you dare say cupcake wars. <laughs> I like, but like, you've been on a lot of things and you've like auditioned to be on other like cake shows and stuff like that too. And it's just like, I mean, you've obviously are great at it. And there's a reason that you have done that. And I, I even got to go with you down to LA to do the, um, yeah. the Duff one. And that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's crazy to like watch the growth that has happened from when I saw you make your first cake to now. And like you create stuff that like, I have to tell people when I show them, I'm like, look what she did this time. And they're like, oh, is that clay? Or like, they don't realize it's cake because it's like a sculpture. And I think a lot of people, unless you're like following you or in the wedding industry or cake industry or anything, I don't think a lot of people even realize what a sculptured cake is. It's a, like amazing when you realize it's actually sugar and it's not another form of art. Like it looks like an actual sculpture. So can you explain a little bit more like what that is versus like a frosted cake that's decorated? I definitely agree that, I mean, in 2008, when I first started watching Ace of Cakes and saw Duff for the first time do a sculpted cake, that was the epitome of like, oh my God, that cake looks like a shoe. That's crazy. I've never, I don't even have a concept of a cake not looking like a cake. So that was my first introduction to a cake being outside of its shape, but it still looks like a cake. Like you can, it's just a cake that is in the shape of a shoe, but you definitely know it's not a real shoe. And that I think is people's basic level of sometimes cakes can be shaped like other things, but they still look like a cake. So we're not not talking about like... (laughs) where you stick a Barbie in it. Like, no, no. So there are very few crazy cake decorators. I just happen to be one of them out there who push cake decorating to this insane extra level of realism because it's just enjoyable. It's just enjoyable for me to just take all of the knowledge that I have over different elements of cake decorating, whether like maybe fondant is the most elaborate material you've heard of for making cakes are great. There is so much more. I mean, there's chocolate and gelatin and sugar and all of these things and all of these different techniques. I call them tools in your tool belt. The more techniques and tools that you have for your tool belt, the more you can do, the more you can make. So I've been doing this for 10 years now. Uh, actually in January, it'll be 10 years. And I just have all of this vast amount of techniques that sometimes, that's why we do these competitions, it's just fun to just see, can I just make this look like the most realistic crab you've ever seen? Like, if you looked at this, maybe scrolling through your feed, you're like, is that a real crab? And then I tell you it's a cake, and you're like, that's not a cake. And then I cut it, and you're like, oh my god, that's a cake. I love that. I think that's so 
fun and exciting. And then people are like, why would you do that? I'm like, I don't know, because I'm an artist and I like to make things with cake. That's my paint. <laughs> right. Well, and like my favorite one that you've done is when you do like actual food. Because the <laughs> there's, it's like a double for me though, because I want the food looks so good that I actually want, like, I almost wish it was the actual food, but then it's yeah, like, oh. it's kind of like, a, it's like a bad practical joke. You're like, wow, those pancakes look really good. Oh, that's cake. Well, I do kind of want cake, but, but I got, now I want pancakes or tacos or steak or whatever it is. <laughs> it really messes with your brain. I get it. <laughs> So kind of like stepping back into the old days, I guess, let's tell our listeners, like, what got you started? Like, how did it become like graph design into cake? Um, I feel like a large part of cake decorating is graphic design. It's just in a 3D space, you know? So when I was young, I always wanted to be an artist. I was always drawing and making things with my hands. I used to make jewelry and, you know, knit or whatever. I just really enjoyed making things. But this is before the term maker existed, you know, it's just artist. So I just liked being artistic. I was an artistic kid. And as far as I knew, there was no real jobs if you wanted to be an artist, like unless you moved to Paris and was a painter, you know, like that, like I had a very kind of lofty, dreamy idea of what an artist was. And I was from a small town. I was really poor. I didn't have any college goals. Like I barely graduated high school. I just didn't really think that there was any sort of actual job for me out there. And I went to school to be a graphic designer after seeing our, our mutual friend, Stephanie. She was doing her homework one day when I was over visiting her and she was like uh, making a logo. And I was like, what's a logo? <laughs> and she explained to me, what, I was like, wait, you're telling me that there is a job where you make pictures that go on products. Like that sounds amazing. Like that's an artist, that's an artist's job. And so I immediately enrolled in school and uh, you and Stephanie are in the same class, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were two years ahead of me and then I came in and followed and you guys were great to me and just took me under your wing and taught me all of the good graphic design tricks that you wish you would have <laughs> known when you were beginners. And I thought that that was my thing. I thought I was like, yes, I found my goal in life, went through the program, learned all these amazing skills and then did graphic design work and just did not like it at all. I just felt stressed all the time. I didn't feel like the stuff that I was making was appreciated because not. Nobody appreciates a logo. You make a logo and they're like, could you make it blue? It's like, no, I can't freaking make it blue. We talked about it being green for six months. We talked about green. You just randomly want to make it blue just because like, ugh, it's so it's, frustrating. Aren't with no appreciation. <laughs> yes, like just flip a button. That's how you design stuff, right? So I was working as a graphic designer and I started watching Food Network or whatever. I think I just randomly was watching a cake show one day. And that's when I started watching those shows where they were making sculpted cakes. And I was like, wait a second, people do this for a living? Like, what is this? I don't even really remember. I don't even think I thought it out loud. I just thought, oh, I could try and make a cake or something for somebody. And long story short, I made a cake. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know anything about baking or fondant. There's no tutorials. There's nothing. I just made it. I just dove right in. And when I gave this cake to my friends for her daughter's birthday, they loved it so much. It was like the fuggliest cake you've ever seen. And it's like made from a box. There's nothing special about it other than that I made it for them, right? And there was so much gratitude. 
so much just thankfulness. I felt all this love. I was like, oh my God, this is like drugs. Like I feel <laughs> so good. Like I will do this for anybody. And this is right around the time our friends are getting married and engaged and having babies. So for a good solid year there, I was just making cakes for friends and it just felt good. It was like the first thing I ever did where I was making something in a 3D space you know, that is, you can't just press a button and change the cake. Like it's done. It's in a physical space. You can't do anything to it, but just enjoy it. And it was so satisfying. It gave me a feeling that I'd never had before. And at the time I thought that it was probably just going to be a phase because that's me. I'm an artist. I'm like, Oh, I'm into this now. And there right. was, sure you are Liz. Okay. You're a cake <laughs> <girl."> <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's literally the very first thing I've ever done that has stuck with me more than a few months, even graphic design. <laughs> cool. And then, I mean, just cause I know like our listeners talk about this kind of stuff all the time, but it's like, I remember you just kind of like coming home one day from your graphic design job and telling Dan and being like, so I quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So in my defense, we had talked about me. So, okay. Just to catch the listeners up. Um, <laughs> graphic design is really stressful. <laughs> You have an art director person who yells at you all the time and it sucks. And it's really like Devin knows this. It's really hard to understand the vision of somebody else, especially when they don't understand it. So that's very stressful when somebody has a vague idea of what they want in their brain and you're trying to figure it out. And so I, without going into too much detail, I would just come home and just be really sad. You know, I was really sad, not enjoying my life. And so we talked a lot about maybe me looking for a different job and maybe transitioning out like a normal person like and being responsible. But I don't remember why, but something happened and my art director just chewed me out for like two hours in front of my coworker. <laughs> and made me cry and just kept on chewing me out for like two hours. And she was trying to convince me to like to do all these, go see a psychiatrist. Like she was making me feel like I was crazy. It was yeah. so, it was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. And I was like, okay, I'm, you know, at the end, I'm just like, I'll just say anything just to let me out of this room, please. And I was like, sure, whatever you say, I'll go do whatever you want. See you tomorrow. And then I went home and said, I'm never going back. I'm never, ever going back. You can't make me. (laughs) I quit. I cannot live this way. I can't have somebody yell at me like this. And, you know, I don't care. And Dan was, of course, super supportive at the time. I I think it's more fun to joke and just say, oh, and then one day I just quit. And my husband was like, what? But I mean, he was (laughs) like, yeah, of course, you're getting yelled at. Like, screw that. But that led to a whole years, years of one income from Dan and me making cakes on the side. And that pretty much brought in zero money, but it made me so happy. (laughs) So, you know, eventually like, I mean, especially because you ended up going to culinary school. So you started learning actual like cake techniques and stuff. And I think that's when you really blossomed because you were starting to put two and two together and realizing you were taking like your art and design skills plus the baking and, you know, other skills that you needed in order to do these things that you already love doing. And the two worlds just like came together. And I love the fact that you went back to school for that. Like, I think that's really, really honorable and like cool because I think that there's a lot of people who 
can do something and they, you know, they'll do a lot of research and stuff and try to do stuff on their own, but that doesn't necessarily mean they know the right techniques and things that can make them a really good professional or potentially just be better and more successful at what they want to be. But like with, you know, you going from that, you know, you ended up doing a lot more like wedding cakes and you got into the wedding industry and you started winning awards even locally for, you know, being the best wedding cake designer in Portland and stuff like that. And you got me in the wedding industry, you stuck me in. But I think, you know, there was that transition period too, where you went from like, you were in the learning phase, which was a couple of years probably. And then you had a couple of years of like being like really successful as like a, like a local wedding cake designer. Mm-hmm. And then you started the sugar geek stuff and you started going into actually not doing cakes for brides anymore. What kind of like led you into that decision of like, how did you get from the point of, I just don't want to make custom cakes as much anymore. I want to start this other thing where I'm teaching it. Cause I know you mentioned earlier, you love teaching, but how did that all kind of like come about? I think that initially I just really enjoyed making cakes cause it was something I was like, Oh my gosh, I actually enjoy this. And there's this joke that's like, I don't know where I heard it, but is if you do anything for any period of time for like a long enough period of time, it doesn't matter how fun it is, it will become a chore. So your job could literally be hugging puppies and you're like, this is the best job I've ever had. But at some point you're like, if I see another puppy, I'm just going <laughs> to shoot myself, you know, it, it, right. it becomes a chore. So cake decorating is just like any job. It's long hours. It's working for yourself. It's wearing a lot of hats. It's not making a lot of money. Dan would subtly joke about maybe someday you'll quit. It's like, ah, I know you're not joking <laughs> because it's, it just, you know, remember the years I would never get come to anybody's birthdays, no holidays, nothing on the weekends because I, it just, you guys were so sweet and you would always invite me, even though you knew I was like, I'm working. (laughs) And it was, there was no work-life balance. You know, we use that a lot in the industry, work-life balance. Like if you're just working to pay your bills and you're not enjoying it, then that's not a good balance of happiness. So at some point it just wasn't fun for me anymore. It just was a a kind of a soul sucking thing again. Mm -hmm. And that took a long time. Like there was a good amount of years where it was really fun and I really loved it. And that was like the hustle period of, I just want to make a name for myself. I want to get myself out there. I want to be the best at what I'm doing and win awards and be in magazines and And that's all great. But at some point you achieve that and nobody ever talks about, well, now that I've achieved these goals, what now, you know, it's not a linear journey. It's more like a spiral where you start and you are like at a high point and then you come down low again, and then you come build up to a high point and then you come down low again. And it's just, even when you're at a high point, you want it to stay there forever, but it just never does. Something always just kind of sucks you out of it. So Towards the end of me not enjoying making cakes for clients as much, I was starting to get asked to teach more and travel. And I was like, oh my God, like this would pay for me to travel. I've never traveled anywhere. Like I've never gone anywhere. And for a good solid year, we traveled to like seven different countries in one year. Like myself, my husband and our little daughter who's a baby. And that felt like a dream. Like that was the peak I think of my career so far, as far as like having this goal that seemed very unattainable, but even that became like, ugh, got to get on another plane and we got to go to another place. And I'm going to work the whole time while you guys are sightseeing and we're not going to even see each other. And so 
I think that I myself am just the type of person where I'm always kind of seeking the next peak in my career. And sometimes that can be challenging emotionally and definitely hard for my husband. He's like, what now? <laughs> you know. But I embrace it. I embrace that things will not stay the same and things are always changing. And even though Sugar Geek Show is doing very well and very successful, I'm still just looking for the next thing. Like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm just making tutorials every week. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Well, and I think, I mean, you're obviously like my best friend. So it's like, I get it. Like, oh, she's so great. But at the same time, it's like, I think about, you know, just like seeing your journey. And it's like, it sometimes it feels like it was just like, it happened so fast. But yeah. when I really think about it, it's like, there's been so much time in between to get you where you are now. Right. I mean, to have like even, you know, Dan working for you now and like you guys have like basically a family run business. And I mean, you've got your own studio in your home now for like your videos. And that was the best Ikea trip ever. (laughs) (laughs) But like seeing you do all this stuff is kind of being a part of that journey has kind of actually helped me in my journey in a lot of ways, because I know nothing comes quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think you were fortunate, I think enough to kind of find that thing for you. That was like, it was something you could grow and change and like add to and make bigger and bigger and better and better. Or I kind of feel like I've been going like this is like, well, I kind of like doing this, but I sort of like doing that. And it's like been this kind of like roller coaster, but I've been just patient with that because it's taken me up to this amount of time to even feel like I know what I want to do. But that means that I haven't even gotten myself to where I want to be yet. You know what I mean? And the journey of that is just such a crazy thing. But it's like, I mean, there's proof in the pudding that if you find the thing that you are good at and you just stick to it and you just keep building off of that and growing that and, you know, finding the thing that's going to like be the next thing for that thing you're good at. In your case, like having like your membership site and the tutorials and being able to teach and travel. And now for you, like finding that balance of like saying no to travel or whatever, like knowing what you want to do and what's important to you and not. I think like that's all been this journey that you've taken, but it's like those kind of stories, I think is what helps other people like think about that too in their stories and their journeys when they're trying to figure out like what their entrepreneurship life is going to be like. So it's cool to know that like, you know, you can't always get there. You just need to like work your butt off and you have to stick with it, you know? I think that you're just like, everybody else who's an entrepreneur and myself included, where it's really, really hard to see your own growth when you look at yourself, because even if you don't even know where you're going, it's just, you never feel like you're there. You never feel like you've reached the place where you think that you should be and you compare yourself to other people. And it's just a thing that we all do. And there's this great book that I've read twice now called The Obstacle is the Way. And he talks a lot about how there is really no end goal to life's journey that getting through obstacles is the journey. Like just, just whenever there is a, a problem that comes up or the literal, the journey of trying to find out what you're meant to do is, is the thing, is the thing to be doing. So like what you're doing right now or anybody who's listening to this where you're working towards maybe you have a specific goal, like you want to be published in a major magazine like Martha Stewart, or you want to be on TV or whatever it is, or maybe you just want to make, make like the grocery bill and wages. Like, you know, like that was a goal for me at one point. Like I could just buy the groceries. Like that would be so huge for us. 
but it never ends. So if you just enjoy the process of discovery and understand that there's going to be changes, there's never one point where like, okay, I'm comfortable because creative people are not comfortable. You're always going to be yearning for things. You're always going to be looking for something to fulfill yourself. So for me, uh, looking at you, Devin, like I always compare ourselves to when we were making handmade cards, <laughs> like hand cutting them. <laughs> like would ever pay for that. <laughs> it was so fun. And we just yeah. dreamt of having this career together where we were making things mm-hmm. and nobody knows about this really, except for us. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that was like a goal. And that actually was one of the things that led to me making my own cakes was just the idea of being my own boss and being an entrepreneur. Like I don't have to have a boss. I don't have to work for somebody. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you first told me that you were going to be doing this conference that was for entrepreneurs called the together experience. And I was like, you're crazy. Like I'm your best friend and believe in you more than anybody. I'm like, you're nuts. There's no way you could do this. Like, you <laughs> I actually to- remember us having the conversation. I, I was Mary, like, was like, what? No way. Cause I just did. I just was like, there's no way. And you were like, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just not going to let fear run my life, which is very unlike you. You know, you were just like, I'm just going to go for it. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> passionate about this and it was so successful like I can't believe the group of people that I now are just so looking forward like every year I just know it's going to get bigger and bigger so I mean I had no clue how to, to do any of the stuff that you do so for me I'm like bowing down to your level like you know so much about like we're doing a podcast I don't know how to do a podcast <laughs> like you know so, but for you, you know, you're on your own journey. You just put that blog post out. Where you're talking about starting working full time, but you know, you're an entrepreneur and wrestling with that internally. I think a lot of people go through all of these same thoughts and feelings. Like, am I doing it the right way? Is this the way that other people are doing it? And it's just, that's not how it is. Everybody has their own path that is never ending changing and as long as you're enjoying it and learning it and feeling good about it that's all there is there is no end goal it's just path (laughs) enjoy the walk exactly and that's like really good advice for our listeners here I just feel like that's definitely a big part of it and I think I mean it's probably like what we talked a couple months ago even just with my own personal journey with like deciding to go back to work full-time and Mm -hmm. the fact that I was starting to feel kind of like I wasn't being able to be creative because I think that's the one thing I mean I'm definitely a graphic designer like that's my favorite thing and I've been that literally since high school so I've always known I was a graphic designer and it's definitely my passion but I think that beyond that I'm just I'm also an artist and creative and I like doing all kinds of creative things from like hand lettering to like Mm -hmm needle felting, like whatever it is. And if there's like some new thing that comes out, I always want to teach myself that thing and learn how to do it because I'm creative and I want to learn how to make pretty cool creative things. So like we had talked about that with like going back to work and stuff and like me not wanting to do like custom work as much anymore because I feel like I don't have that creative outlet. And so, you know, starting even like my new Etsy shop, which isn't really like anything major yet, but the idea of it being something where I can just make something and list it if I feel like listing it. And that's it. Like, I don't need to make like 50 of them. I don't need to make, you know, this huge like empire from it. It's just me being creative and letting myself have those outlets to do that kind of side stuff that I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. It's not stressful because that's the part that I haven't really enjoyed in the entrepreneur journey myself 
is I love the projects I work on. I love the clients I get to meet and stuff, but I don't enjoy the business side of things. That's Mm -hmm. the worst in my opinion. It is the worst. It's like you literally have, like we said before, you have to wear all of the hats. You have to do everything and it's stressful. And if you're not somebody like for me, I hate numbers, like anything related to that or, and I'm not a confront kind of person. So like when it comes to like having to push people to pay an invoice or to send a contract and be like, these are all my rules and these are this things. I'm the person who's kind of like, well, I'll just let you have it because I'd rather not have conflict and rather just give them something for free that might charge me. Like I would normally charge somebody like a thousand dollars for just because I don't want to push a button. Like it's that kind of stuff that I'm like, okay, I'm not a business person. Like this, I need someone doing that part for me. But um, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think that you and I, and a lot of creatives are of the same kind of mindset. Maybe that's why we get along so well, which is that you just enjoy making things. You enjoy the process of discovery of creating and figuring out things. And I'm a firm believer like this is why Dan and I are such a great team because he's a detail person and I'm like everything but details. Like, oh, details. Like, I feel like I have a lot of faith. I'm just going to call it faith. And I don't know if it's faith in myself or just faith in the world, but I just really am a true believer that if you are passionate about something to the point where you cannot be stopped, like people will tell you, that's not a good idea or that's not profitable or whatever. All the things that naysayers like to tell you that why you shouldn't do things that if you just literally cannot stop yourself from doing something that there's no way that it cannot end up being successful because people love individual ideas, you know? So there's always things like people consume information and entertainment at a speed that has never been before. Like I remember when there was 12 channels on cable and that was it. And now it's like, I have infinite, not only do I, I don't even watch cable. Like I have Netflix and Amazon and PlayStation view and that's plenty. And then I also have Instagram and Facebook and all of these places where I also go for entertainment. So whatever it is that you are super into, whether it's jewelry making or painting or ceramics, I'm just naming things that I like to look at on Instagram. (laughs) Nail art, like really weird nail art. I love watching people get their hair done. Oh my God. It's so fascinating. And it's like literally all you need is a connection to the internet and to just put your passion out there in front of people. And if it's something that you cannot stop making, people notice. People cannot help but notice. I think it's the people who feel like they have to fit into a a mold. Like, oh, what's everybody else doing? I got to do that. That's how you don't get noticed. That's how people overlook you because you just look like everybody else. You know, it's the weird people, the people who are doing stuff different that you're like, Oh my gosh, have you seen this person who does these weird freaking nails? How much nail art is there on Instagram? It's but the Lady Gaga's in the world. <laughs> it is. Be the Lady Gaga of whatever it is you're doing. Even if you make people mad, at least they're talking about you. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that the fact, I mean, you've got obviously your job that you're about to start, which by the way, is a pretty incredible job to just be like, Oh, I'm getting a job. It's a job at Nike. Like, that's <laughs> a big freaking deal. Like there's yeah. people in the industry who try really, really hard to get that job. I'm like, I'm just going to go back to work at Nike. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they love me there, whatever. 
<laughs> but so that in itself is going to be its own kind of creative, but it's going to give you such a freedom on the other hand to just, like you said, put your creative outlet into this other thing that is just going to be whatever it's going to be. Who knows? Right. Just be open. I mean, and the part of that where that comes from is the fact that what I'm creating isn't, I'm not doing it because I have to make money then. Yeah. It's because yeah. I already have the money coming in from a job. It's just to do it. And right. I think that that's when I make my best work. And that's when I actually put, I feel like more time into things because I feel like I'm more creative about it. Yeah. Um, and I know that you're like that too, even like with your cake stuff, you feel like when you have the ability to just kind of think out of the box and not do something that you're expected to do, like that's when I feel like your brain just comes up with like these crazy ass ideas. <laughs> you're just like, what? It's my new tagline, crazy ass cakes. <laughs> Why? Yes. Why would you ever make that? I don't know. Uh, you know, I think that you can teach anybody. Like if you were a jewelry maker and you were making this amazing jewelry and you're just like, I don't know how to monetize this. I don't know how to, to make money from this. I don't have income. That is so easy to teach. That is so easy in my opinion, that anybody can sell their stuff, but it is absolutely impossible to teach somebody to be creative. If you're not creative and you don't want to make something, like you can break their arm and convince them that they just need to draw and it would be so easy. They could be good at it, but if they don't want to do it, there's no way you can do it. So the number one step to being successful in whatever it is you're doing is to just make the stuff, like whatever it is, make your content somebody can teach you how to put it out there, whether it's social media or in groups or online schools or whatever. Like that's my secondary skill is just monetizing things that I make so that I can continue to make them, you know? Okay. We interrupt this awesome interview for a really good reason. I promise. We would love to request a review from you at the end of this episode. If you're loving what you're hearing, share it with everyone else. The more people we can reach, the more people we can bring together, which is exactly the point. So thank you so much. Your reviews help us more than you know, and we appreciate you more than you know. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your review. And now back to that awesome interview. You literally record everything you make. Everything. And and I didn't used to, uh, but over time I have learned that if I have to make it once, I may as well record it because then I will have taken that one thing that I've made and I can use it forever. I can use it as a tutorial. I can use it on social media. I can use the pictures over and over and over and over again. Like I have endless content forever and ever so that I'm all, even when I'm not making anything, it still looks like, cause you know, new people find you every single day. So I can be posting some, I posted a lumberjack thing to my Instagram. You just saw a few days ago and half the people are like, we've seen this. And the other half are like, this is brand new information. (laughs) (laughs) For three years, I've never seen a lumberjack cake. And so, yeah, I mean, that's a really good point is just document everything that you do, whether it's a picture or video or whatever, because that's how people see it. That's how you reach everybody. I have told tons of people, and I think you were the one who told me this too, but I feel like it's incredible if you're doing something that's a creative thing, like the time-lapse thing is such a cool thing because you don't have to worry about talking. You just put cool music to it and it can be you drawing. It could be you working on anything. Time-lapses for some reason just like draw you in because you're like, what's it going to look like? Like you just, you can't help but stay connected because you want to see the end result. Even if you just fast forward to the end, you know that there's a beginning and an end to what you're watching. And there's like enticing, like it grabs you and hooks you. And like you had said that if you're 
watching a video, not everybody is necessarily, if you're one who's speaking in a tutorial or whatever, not everybody's going to like you as a person necessarily, your personality, if you want to get more views on something and not have to worry about that or you're not somebody... Yeah, or if you're just not somebody who likes to talk on camera or put your face on camera and it makes you nervous, then doing something like that makes it just easier. You don't have to think about it. And then you just make it go faster, iMovie or whatever you use, mm-hmm. and post it. And it's you have Instagram, you've got YouTube, and it's like all in one shot. Yeah, and there's so many times that I just... I'm not like dressed for video. Like I work from home. Let's be real. My outfit is yoga pants and shirts that I probably should have been thrown away a long time ago, <laughs> you know, uh, or pajama pants in the winter time. But I mean, it's just my hands. So whatever I'm working on, it doesn't matter what the room looks like or what I look like. It's just, it's all about whatever is I'm working on. And there is just something mentally and visually satisfying about watching something come to fruition mm-hmm. through a couple of minutes and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be yeah. a drawing. It could be putting together. Uh, I watched somebody knit a scarf one time. Like that's literally the same thing over and over again, but it was one of those big scarves, like big chunky scarves. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I've always wondered how this comes together. Um, and the ones they use the arms to do. Yeah. She used her arms mm-hmm. and it was very fascinating to watch. And I thought, I wonder how long this took in real life, but there's a whole bunch of questions that were in my head, but I love watching calligraphy and time-lapse, like everything. And I think it's part of our society and how we absorb information. And we just want all, we, I don't want to listen to words. I teach for a living where I have to speak and people listen to me. And even I'm like, I don't want to listen to me. I just want to see it really fast, come together and be like, oh, that was cool. And then move on, you know? So it takes a lot of the pressure off of anybody who's like, maybe I want to make a video and I want to put it in front of people, but it takes me eight hours to make this sign for a wedding, or it takes me, you know, three days to paint this painting or whatever it is. It's okay. (laughs) You know, you just hit the time lapse button on your phone and put it out there and you'd be amazed at what people find interesting to just watch. Mm -hmm. And what's it going to harm you to put it out there? Like at the very worst, your friends and your family will enjoy watching it. (laughs) Mom will always say like, always, always. (laughs) Mom is a, a constant support out there. So one question I've always wanted to ask you, I guess, is what's your favorite cake that you've done? And what is the favorite, like your most favorite experience that you've had as a cake decorator? Oh man, that's so hard. I have such a bad memory. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I have, it's another creative flaw. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually don't have a bad memory. I have too much in my brain. I guess there's, Dan actually explained this to me that you can only have six things going on in your brain at one time and be able to track of them. I feel like I have 10. So four of those things are getting forgotten, you know, like all the time. And so I feel like I have a bad memory, but I was just looking through some of my very earliest cakes for a blog post I just did. And I remember all of them. I remember the the, the clients. I remember the stories. I remember the delivery. There's so many things I remember about them. So I know that I have, I can remember things, but in the last few years, so many things have happened it's like, it feels a little bit hard to fully enjoy each peak. You know, you're like, wow, this is a great memorable experience. And, but before you know it, you're moving on to the next thing. You don't have as much time to fully like be like, wow, this is incredible. So I think that my favorite cake still that I've ever made is my fawn in the moon. 
Mm-hmm. And it is directly related to one of the best experiences I ever had as a cake decorator. And that, so the Fawn and the Moon was one of those ones that I made and I did, it was for a collaboration in cake communities where somebody puts together a collaboration where they say, this is the theme. We're going to reveal all of these cakes on a certain date and, and nobody's going to talk about it. It's like a surprise, you know, it's fun. It's a reason to be creative. And so I made this Fawn in the Moon and I thought it was nice, but it got insane, like accolades, like intention, like things that I'd never really gotten before Mm -hmm. so far, like people that I looked up to shared the cake and it was just felt really amazing. And I still look back at that cake and I see no flaws. So to me, that is a sign of a good project (laughs) where even after a few years, you see it and like, I don't feel like I could have improved on this. I feel like it was one of those things I did really well, whereas other things you know, the minute you put it out the door, you're like, I wish I could have done something different or better. So I made that cake and then I got nominated as one of the top 10 cake sculptors by one of the best cake magazines out there, which is called Cake Masters and they're in the UK. And so I went to the United Kingdom to this award show and just like was so excited to eat the Oscars for cake decorating. Yes, it is literally called the Oscars of the cake decorating world. <laughs> Everybody dresses in fancy dresses. I remember I wore my super pretty gold dress that I was going to wear for, I think it was for your wedding, but it was like the wrong shade of gold or something. We ended up going, I ended up going silver, but I had this blingy dress. Like what else are you going to wear? Right, right. Like a glittery gown for. So it worked to the cake Oscars. And I won Best Sculpted Cake Artist that year. And the best part of that was it's not like a vote, you know, type of win. It was like literally judged by my peers, by people in the industry. So it's just a huge honor to be recognized by people who are better than I am. Right. You're the best at sculpting cakes. And I just will never forget that feeling because it felt like a legit, like somebody was like, yes, you are really actually good at what you do. And here's a little award, (laughs) you know, and there's been other amazing and great things like writing the book and traveling and all this stuff. But I think being recognized by your peers is just like a really great feeling. Yeah. I love that. I actually thought it would be really cool to do something like that as far as like just like small business owners, like having our own like award show, of, you know what I mean? Like people who are killing it and doing really yeah. amazing things as entrepreneurs. Yeah, even if it's just like, congratulations, you just launched your website and you're already killing it. Like here's a freaking award. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like it would be cool to do stuff like, you know, best business coaches out there and like whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. I fully, I fully together. We'll start doing it and we'll have like, the conference will be like also an award show. <laughs> I mean, that's what this cake show was, is um, Cake International, where people from all over the world come to compete. And then afterwards, on the first night of the show is the award ceremony. It's not technically connected, but I mean, it just makes sense to have them together because everybody's in town <laughs> from across the world. But not everybody loves attention on themselves. And I guess in some ways, I don't like direct attention on myself. But in other ways, I need it. I need that confirmation from my peers and from the community to feel like what I'm doing is legitimate, you know? And it gives you so much motivation and inspiration to push through the hard times. And it also gives you something to work for. So for me, all I have like big goals and then I have little goals. So. Okay. 
when I was first starting out, little goals were like, I just want to get published in a local magazine. And when I did, that made me feel motivated to keep pushing through those long hours and that hard work and, and then to be searching for the next goal. So I think awards, some people are like, oh, that's just everybody patting themselves on the back. Well, who cares? We right. need pats on the back. Like we, Nothing we wrong with that. <laughs> it's the hardest job in the world. You have yeah. to do your own accounting. Yeah. <laughs> you have to work with you track my receipts and expenses. <laughs> oh. you know? And so at the end of the day, it feels really good for somebody to say, man, out of everybody that we talked about and that was nominated, you are literally the best this year. You know, you're doing such a good job. So for that person, that's a pinnacle. I mean, that's a pinnacle. That was a pinnacle for me out of all of the amazing things that happened in my career. That was one of the top things. So that's super important. And then for other people, they look at that and go, I want that. I'm going to kill it this year because that's my goal. Not just make money, not just, you know, work towards some arbitrary thing that you don't even know if it's going to happen or not. It's just like, I want to be recognized by the people in my industry as somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. (laughs) For sure. And I totally, I get that. So what is next for you? What's on your agenda? So like I was saying, I feel like my journey is forever spiraling. (laughs) (laughs) Upwards, not downwards. Right. I've been building, building, building. Sort of, I feel like I've been an accidental entrepreneur and have had a lot of hindsight where I've been looking back on what is it that I've done and picking apart what are the things that I'm doing and and what advice would I give to somebody else who's trying to make a space for them in this world, you know, of where everybody's doing everything. Like, how do you stand out? And so I'm still teaching. I still, we still have our online school, but I'm really looking forward to the next year where I'm going to just be more involved with just other entrepreneurs and talking about what it's like, really like what we're talking about right now. It's not all successes. It's not Mm -hmm. all perfectly planned ideas. It's a lot of just I'll try this thing and see where it goes and putting in work every day and just being excited about what you do and not letting anybody, this is the most important part. It's not letting anybody tell you your ideas are bad, your dreams are stupid Mm -hmm. or that it's not worth it because it is, it's so worth it. And without people in your corner to tell you, you know, go for it. Like you got this. It can be hard. You know, it can be really hard. So We'll see what, see, this is literally me just being like, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this advice, but I feel like in my experience, everybody needs somebody to just be like, yes, you got this. You can do it. Right. For sure. And I feel like, you know, it's hard, especially because social media and stuff is just such a big thing right now that I feel like when you are doing everything on your own and you're like a, you know, solopreneur and you're just, you're by yourself like that's what you see. You don't have those people that are like, even if you think that they're necessarily like on your side, you you don't know necessarily if they're actually supporting you or not. And you feel like almost alone in some ways. And you don't feel like, you know, you compare yourself to like people who are doing what you're doing or who are doing things that all of a sudden you feel like you need to start doing. And like, you know, there's all kinds of new technology that comes out and all kinds of new things that happen. And it's like, you just kind of have to stay focused and like goal oriented to like make sure you're staying on track for what you give a crap about and not what everybody else says you need to have do or what you need to do. Like, and I know that even like when I started doing all this online entrepreneur stuff, 
there was, you know, the newsletters and blogging and social media and all of those things. And it was just like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do all of this? Like what of it is important? What if it isn't important? All of that. So I think, you know, just kind of staying true to like who you are and what you're doing. And, you know, that's a big reason why I even started together was because I felt like those were the things that weren't being shared with people. You know, you weren't getting those stories of like what it's really like to get started. And, you know, these people that, you know, seem super successful and have it all together like, what are their real days like? Like, how together are they? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want people to realize, like, that there is more out there than just, like, what you see. And that the whole point of, I mean, if they're marketing themselves so well that they don't seem like they have it rough at all, then yeah. they're doing a good job at marketing. Yeah. It but, should be called the Barely Holding It Together Conference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I really feel like that's kind of it, is you're trying to find those people who are like, no, this is what it's really like. like yeah. Don't feel like you have to be like this or that you need, or the thing that I hate the worst is when you post into a Facebook group and you have like just a question and it's just like an honest, am I doing this right? Kind of question. And then you get like those 20 people who like ping you right immediately afterwards with like, oh, I'm a coach in this. Go to this link and uh, you know, for $200, you can talk to me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, screw you. No, (laughs) I don't, I don't want that. I just want real people who are just giving me real one-on-one advice. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, you're fine. Yeah. I, I think some of the best advice that I have gotten lately was at a bloggers conference and you know, uh, you were talking about social media outlets and, you know, should I be doing this and this and this and this? Mm -hmm. I feel that. I definitely feel that. I mean, for 10 years, I've just been doing Facebook and YouTube and suddenly there's all these other outlets for social media. Like Pinterest confuses me so much. I just don't understand you, Pinterest. I know I should, but I just... Or the whole week that you and I spent just Snapchatting each other. Or like, I (laughs) I like the filters, but I don't understand how to use it for a business, you know? So even uh, like, I'm starting to feel a little bit like, oh my God, I need to keep up with technology and it's making me feel stressed out. And some of the best advice that I got was there's going to be some platform that you just click with. Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately for me, it is Facebook. I hate Facebook. I hate their stupid rules and their algorithms that for messing up reach and all that. I just want to reach my people and that's it and not have to fight Facebook over it. But that's where my people are. That's where my community is. Mm-hmm. And I don't really need to pay attention to many other platforms. I happen to enjoy Instagram and I do a pretty good job of growing it because I look at that more as a business standpoint. Like if I have a lot of followers on Instagram, I just look more legit to other businesses, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> like, oh, you have this many followers. You must have a community or whatever. It's like, yeah, they're on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good thing they're owned by the same company, but right. So, I mean, that's just be wherever it is you feel comfortable, wherever your people are and your community is be there, whether it's Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook or Snapchat, like Mm -hmm. as long as you're connecting with people that, and you don't have to be everywhere. Nobody can. I can't be everywhere. I'm sorry, Pinterest, but I just, <laughs> I don't get you and we'll never be together. <laughs> You're pretty, but. <laughs> it's so pretty. I love going there for recipes. I just don't understand, you know, like there's some people who just got that jam on like lock. They're just like, I'm going to put this pin up and it goes viral. And I'm like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't get that either. It's too much. That's so funny. Well, I mean, you've given us a lot of really good nuggets of information and like, you know, pieces of advice, but if there is 
one thing you could say to somebody who is like, maybe in it, they could be a cake decorator or not, but just somebody who's been doing this for like a couple of years and they feel like they're not getting anywhere. What would you tell them? I feel like everybody feels that way. Mm-hmm. First of all, everybody feels like they're not getting anywhere. And so first of all, give yourself a break. <laughs> you know, if you feel like you're getting somewhere, then you're a very special, like confident type of person that most creatives don't have. Most creatives are very self-deprecating. They're very hard on themselves and they'll be the first to criticize themselves. So my advice to any creative person is first of all, give yourself a break and to just be open to the future because I don't know, maybe this is really idealistic, but I think that everybody's journey involves something so special that you could not plan for it. You can't plan for the success, the potential to have because you can't see it. Most people can't dream big enough to be like, I'm going to be the next whatever, you know, the next Nike of purse making (laughs) or something because that just feels too big. Mm -hmm. So in the short goals, just work hard, show up every day, make what you love, be a good person, work with other people, never stop learning. Like always be, you know, taking classes and getting more understanding, you know, be passionate about what you're doing and just enjoy that process because you never know. It could be a book deal. It could be TV. It could be a connection with a company that you never would have saw coming that leads to something huge and amazing. But if you're so caught up and just, I just got to get my Instagram followers up and that ruins your life, you're going to miss this other thing that's right there. You know, like, having your own conference, you know, like that's crazy. Who would have known, you know, (laughs) just to be open and just understand that everybody in the community is struggling every day with getting their kids to school and brushing their hair and also checking client emails within a reasonable amount of time. (laughs) It's hard for everybody. And if somebody says it's not, they're lying. They're absolute liars. (laughs) Fakers. Yes. Those fakers. Do you want to give a little bit of insight to what you're going to be teaching at together? Okay. So I was just telling Devin off this podcast that I think about it a lot. It's one of those things in my brain that I have taken deep into my heart and I want to be extremely valuable. You know, how can I translate my skills in what I do to what you guys are doing. So we're going to learn how to make a cake. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. <laughs> making a cake Everybody would be so excited. We're making a cake. This is awesome. We're going to eat it. <laughs> no, I might bring cupcakes, but I think that, like I said, I document everything mm-hmm. and I um, do it in a way that it just feels like second nature to me. But if you're not used to documenting yourself, it is extremely challenging. I remember when Devin first started doing video of her own stuff and it was like, she had a, like a two right hands. Like, I don't know how, I don't know what to do. This is so weird. Yeah. Um, but now you're flawless at it. So it can definitely be learned. So in our class, I'm just going to literally give you kind of a beginner's guide to making a video about yourself, you're, like an introduction video. Like this is who I am. This is what I do. This is why you should buy my stuff. Or, thing as a user experience designer who does websites. <laughs> 
things that you should have on your website when you're trying to market yourself because people should know like what you do. And that's like the best way to do it because they're not going to read your bio. No, no. people <laughs> like videos is the future. And we have this thing called a phone with a really nice camera and mm-hmm. plenty of apps that is just makes it so incredibly easy to document anything, but I get it. I'm a template follower. Like if I want to learn something new, I don't want you to tell me. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to make me read it. I want you to just say, okay, open your phone. Got it. All right. Now press record. Okay. Done. Now record. Got it. Okay. Now post it to YouTube. What? That was so easy. You know, like even right. if you told me that's all I had to do, I'm like, that's complicated. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, How do I post to YouTube? So we're just going to do it together. We're just going to make a little video. And I think it's a valuable tool for anybody to know. And once you do it, that can lead into other things like doing time lapses of your products or doing online webinars or what are those teaching courses that I always buy? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like Teachable and stuff like that. Yes, where it's like, yeah. oh my God, I want to learn that. And that's completely unrelated to anything I do, but this ad was so good. I must learn now how to do this. Right. That's I, think, I think it's going to be great because there's going to be a lot of people who probably have never recorded themselves and it's awkward. And yeah. it takes a while to get used to. And even doing the podcast, like, the reason I started doing it mostly is because I obviously like talking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I don't like to have to be on camera all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I like doing video and every now and then I feel in the right mood to actually record a video, mm-hmm. but there's also like limitations to like my environment and lighting and children being around me all the time. And it just works out better for me to do podcasting in that regard, but I still love doing video. And the thing that I needed to do was just do it and just yeah. make that first video and to feel confident and just kind of have an understanding of what I needed to do and how to do it that eventually it just became comfortable. And I, I think that part of the making a video, like you said, is just doing it. So if we all do it together, haha, you see what I do with it? <laughs> if we do it all together the first time with no pressure, then it takes all the fear out of it. So we're going to talk about going to be in a beautiful environment for people to have so many different backgrounds to do. It Absolutely. With. We're going to talk about the little things too, that nobody ever really talks about, which is like, well, how do I light my stuff and how do I record my voice and how do I transfer the file from my phone to the computer? And you know, just little things that you're like, okay, I might feel confident in recording what I'm doing, but now what, you know? Right. So it's all those little small things that, I swear it's, it's anybody can do it. It's just like, once you hear it, you're like, Oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> I know people will really love it. So I can't wait. I'm excited. Gosh, I feel like I should have you on more episodes because like, there's so many different parts of like your journey that are so informative and like beneficial for people to know about. Like I will audition come back, for show or, I will you know, come like, back whenever you want me because I don't have to put on makeup. So right. I'm telling yeah. you, <laughs> there's no pressure whatsoever. I love to talk. I just don't like you. I'm like, I don't have to put on clothes or makeup, right? For a podcast. Oh, podcasting is the best. <laughs> I know that. So yeah, we'll have to talk about that. But thank you for joining me on this one and being a part of the second season and also being a part of the conference this year. I'm super excited about it. And I'll talk to you soon. Yes, everybody buy tickets right now. (laughs) (laughs) Plug. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Together Podcast. To find out more about this episode or me, Devin, visit our website at together-experience.com. 
And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to hop on iTunes, subscribe, leave us a review, and be sure to share with a friend. The more people we can reach means the more people we can bring together, which is exactly the point. Your reviews help us more than you know, and we appreciate it so much. We'll see you next time on our next episode. 